What is up, everyone, and welcome to Subjectively Speaking, the podcast where we talk about the Central Division sixth place Columbus Blue Jackets. My name is Jeremy Paul. And I'm Laura Norman, and this is episode 31, game 35, the Columbus Blue Jackets versus apparently who knew the um, team who wanted it more than literally anyone, the Detroit Red Wings, um, in a somewhat, you know, just ridiculous 3-1 loss this afternoon for the Columbus Blue Jackets. And you know, Laura, I've been saying it all year. Do you know the team that's really the team to watch in the Central? 100% the Detroit Red Wings. The Detroit Red Wings. That team is on fire and fuego, one might say. The amount of talent on that team. um, I mean, it really should have the likes of the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Carolina Hurricanes, really kind of shaking in their boots, a little bit worried about what this team is going to do to them. Um, you know, oh, 1,000% was- terrified. They didn't just get beat by the Nashville Predators 7-1. to one. A bump in the road for a team that is dynamic, really stellar, a really fucking bad hockey team, a really not good hockey team. And today... They weren't the worst one. <laughs> um, and yeah, the Blue Jackets lose 3-1. I mean, it, it was ugly. Like, I'm going to, in full transparency, like, I I was late to turning on my TV to the game because I was in the process of doing some other things. I was like, surely nothing crazy. And I turn on my TV and I just see it was right after Detroit had scored the second goal. And I said, oh, you're joking. <laughs> and um also full transparency on my end i was in a nail salon getting a pedicure and thought jeremy was kidding when he texted me that we were already losing by two because not even my nhl app had sent me goal updates that's how quickly this happened so bad so so bad um and I mean they try like it was one of those games that like they went down to nothing and I was able to fully recognize that they could win the game like being down to nothing after one period especially against a team like Detroit like very clearly they could have won that game but like in in the back of my head I was like do not win this game like I need you to sit in the bullshit that was that first period Like, I need you to be mad about it. Like, I need you to be upset about it. That was bad. I mean, like, it was bad. At one point, they were outshot 15 to 2. 15 to 2. Like, five minutes left in the period. They still ended the period outshot 16 to 5. I mean, terrible. Terrible. Absolutely disgustingly horrid. (laughs) I can think of no other adjectives. Do you have any? No, because all I like, I kept checking Twitter afterwards tonight, and it just kept being like, so who forgot to tell the Blue Jackets that the game started at three? Like literally, they had no idea, like no idea what was happening. And I started listening 
basically like 30 seconds after Nick scored the only Columbus goal um, in the middle of the second period. And, you know, at that point I was like, I was like, okay, maybe they, maybe they just needed like a little bit, like we can at least tie it up, like at least do what we always do and tie it up, push it into overtime, you know, because when you, when you are at a two, one in the middle of the second, there's still like so much hope in there. And then hope just died. Like hope just stood in the middle of the ice and just died. Because there was, there was nothing. There was, yes, they played slightly better, but there was no conviction. There was no fighting back. You know, we end the second period down, you know, down to one come back in the third you should be fucking fighting for your life right now fighting to stay in the game fighting to not completely exhaust your motherfucking goaltender and potentially push him to injury because he has to spend 55 minutes of the game constantly defending because you were only in the opposing team's end long enough to get one goal. And then of yeah. course, Detroit, 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 but Detroit scores a, a third goal with four minutes left in a third period. There's no coming back from that. Not this team. Well, and but after not Detroit the Cinderella story right now. Well, I was gonna say after Detroit scored that three one goal, I was like yeah it's done like and and like i said like to be completely frank like i'm glad they lost this game because i would have hated for this game to end with a win and have everybody in the locker room doing their whole bullshit of oh like find a way find a way we found a way like like i like it was bad and and i wonder like there's a part of me that like who was towards talking about tonight when he said that there are people that he like really liked what he saw out of them. And there are people that he really didn't like the only player that I even somewhat enjoy, like not only player, the only line that gave me any pulse of life tonight was the Texier Jenner Felino line. Like that's it. Like that was the only line that had any life. Everybody else stayed in Columbus, didn't play tonight. Like, like they just didn't play. Like, they weren't involved. And, you know, it's just like, like, I was glad personally to see that Texier had a little bit of a redeeming game. Like, that was nice because I think he needed it. It but, was a beautiful play. It was a beautiful play to get that goal for, you know, that Felino scored in the second. Um, it was a smart play. Like, it was a very, like, you could tell he was deconstructing like the people on the ice in his head while he was doing it. And it was a really beautiful play. So it was a nice, definitely a nice thing to see from him having been out of the lineup for as long as he has been, I guess it hasn't really been that long, but it feels like it's been much longer. Um, And so, yeah, that was, that was nice, but everything else 
kind of a literal crapshoot. So, and of course, I mean, both Torts and the media alluded to um, some obvious like lack of enthusiasm and lack of drive. Um, Aaron Portsline even alluding to veteran players um, being the most concerning this evening. I didn't watch the game visually. I only listened to the second half, so I can't necessarily speak to that. Did you notice anything specifically? I mean, obviously you said the top two lines were not. I guess, I guess for me, it wasn't like, it's not that I noticed anything abhorrent. It's just that I didn't notice anything like, do you know what I mean? Like, like I did not see anybody. And, and even though that top line or not top line, but the line that I mess, mentioned is like being the line that I thought like performed the best, mm-hmm. even, even they weren't always playing in a way that made me think like, Oh, this is a line that recognizes the situation that they're in, which is if they don't figure some shit out and if they don't start winning games, they're not going to make the playoffs. And again, like you and I have been on this ride for a while where it's like they're not making the playoffs and that's okay but it's like there's still like this ounce of delusion that exists within the room well and I guess it's when you describe it as that you have to look at what's worse to have in your locker room is it outright like outright not wanting to play or is it apathy like is it complete indifference you know if that makes sense like is it someone who's like completely just unhappy they don't want to play well they you whatever or is it people that just you know it is what it is i'm still gonna get my paycheck if we tank it we tank it you're Okay, you're not muted anymore. Yeah, well, I was going to say, I think it's like, I think it's kind of hard to separate that, those feelings, because it's like, like, I want guys who, like, don't necessarily at this point, like, go out and think, oh, this is to win. Like, this game is for us to do something and, like, pressing us toward the playoffs. Like, Like, I don't, like, that energy is good, but it's like, if you can't find the energy in that because you're a realist, at least try to find the energy in I need to work to get better with this group of people because who knows who's going to be around next year. And I need to work to get better for myself, for my teammates, for my coaches, for my everybody. And right. that to me is more of the energy that I want to see coming out of the locker room. I mean, I just like, and I've said this on this podcast before, I just don't get the sense and I haven't gotten the sense. I mean, like I hear it in interviews this is do or die. We need to actually like, we need to do this. We need to have a stretch of wins. We need to do this. We need to do that. I hear it in the room all the time. I don't see it. Like I don't hear like, like, I don't know. It's like, okay, read me from the script, the whole feel good. There were good things about this game. Let's grow. Like we'll grow together. Like every game is an opportunity to learn. Like, like come out and be a homer or whatever you need to do in a press conference, but then at least go show it, like go show and act Mm -hmm. like you're going to do it. And they don't do that. Like this team doesn't do that. Well, and that's what, you know, that's what Nick said tonight in his post game is, 
you know, he, he was like, so I can sit here and talk about everything that we did wrong and, you know, how disappointed I am and all this sort of stuff, but it doesn't mean anything if I don't go out there and, you know, do the opposite and lead by example, you know, he's like, it doesn't, it doesn't serve anything. But actually like, no, Nick, talk about it. Because you you are one of the homers that I'm talking about that hasn't come out once this season and been like that fucking sucked and we suck and we need to not suck like like I have not seen that like pissed off like taking it personal that that we're and that might be happening behind the scenes and I'm not entitled to that and I understand that but like I don't see heart on anybody in the on this team no one. Like, there's nobody that I'm like, that person cares. Elvis. It might be Elvis. Elvis might be the one person on this team that I've, like, heard him talk, and I'm like, okay, like, I think that's genuine. Like, but I don't see that out of anybody else. And maybe I'm just being dramatic, and I'm okay, and I'll own that. I've done it before, and I'll do it again. I know I'm dramatic. But, like. But we've also burned that light out in some people in the course of this season, too, because I think. You know, I think even when, even though he's been struggling most of the season, I think early on, Max Domi was one of those people where he was like really passionate about doing like this team doing well and him doing well for this team and blah, blah, blah. And you don't see like the light is out in that boy's eyes in this situation like and that's such a bummer because honestly in the three and a half years I've been a fan of this team I've never seen someone more excited other than Jack Roslevic to become a blue jacket Max Domi from like moment one of him finding out on the golf course that he was coming to Columbus was like Columbus do or die you know like that's something we don't get all the time and we have successfully potentially burned that shit out of him in this shortened season. Um, and yeah, I miss, I miss the angry. Like I miss, you know, even Torts isn't at a level of angry that I like. He's at a disappointed, but like, what else do you want me to do? Angry. He's not the you know, he's not the we're down by three after the first period of the series with Tampa. It's a mindset of believing angry. He's, he's how many more days do I have? This fucking sucks. But what are we going to do? I mean, this, this team has a leadership issue. Like, that's pretty apparent. And I, and, and I don't know if that's fair to like, say this team has a leadership issue and for anybody who's listening to go, okay. So towards Nick, Cam, Boone, Seth, like that's, that's not necessarily fair, but what I'm saying is like, it is very clear that, that if you can't get, if you spend the entire lead up to this, this trip, this road trip, preaching that this is going to be a trip that defines this season and not just this season, but like also future seasons moving forward. If you're going to come out and preach that and that like, and that's what you're driving home in the locker room, 
and they come out and they start that first period like that like if that's the messaging you're giving them for the whole lead up to this road trip and they come out and they lay an egg like that woof like what like there is obviously a leadership confidence you name it issue with this team I also like like this team is also like comprised of a lot of good enough and you can't win with a lot of good enough in the NHL. Like everybody who has a contract in the NHL is good enough to be in the NHL or else they wouldn't be in the NHL. Correct. So like, if you've got a roster of 22 good enough, you're going to suck. (laughs) You're going to be bad. And I look like, Lord, I wouldn't, I told myself I wouldn't do it. I told myself I wouldn't do it. Stefan Mateau and Ryan McKinnis were in this lineup tonight and Riley Nash wasn't. And Riley Nash, uh, this is not necessarily a Riley Nash stand podcast. You all have been here. You've listened. You've heard the critique of Riley Nash. You get it. You understand. You're there with us and I appreciate you and I see you. I hope you are also pissed about the fact that Stefan Mateau and Ryan McKinnis are playing on this team. They have a spot on this team and Riley Nash is scratched. At this point, that Mikhail Grigorenko is scratched as opposed to Stefan Mateau and Ryan McGinnis. Like, like be mad with me, somebody, because that makes no sense. If you're going to elevate, like, and Aaron Portstein tweeted about it, Riley Nash went from being this fourth-line center on this team to being the third-line center when Miku Koivu retired to then being a second or a third-line winger to then being the first-line center, then being dropped down to the second-line center, and now it's like, you're scratched. You're not – like, what? Like, what? Like, I don't know. I just – I cannot wrap my head around, like, why Riley Nash is the player that you sit. Yeah, I was uh, – I was shocked when you – texted me about that today because that was not like we talked about it last episode that wasn't even on my radar of who to pull out of this lineup to bring alexander Textier back in should we let the fans know the fans we're just friends at this point you are not fans um should we let the friends know what the way i actually told you yes it's going to be bad audio, but I'm just going to play it. All right, so it's Riley Nash. Riley Nash is coming out. Not Stefan Mateau, not Ryan McGinnis. Riley motherfucking Nash. Okay. All right. Yeah. Cool. So, amazing. Love that. <laughs> and I feel the same way. Like... <laughs> Like, I feel the same way. Like, what? Like, Ryan McGinnis and Stefan Mateo are playing, like, nine minutes a game. Like, like you're not even trading. Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. No, actually, I do know. It's bullshit. <laughs> Correct. Um, yeah. I mean, I am equally, equally as confused. I know that I was, you know trying to save a little bit of face in our last episode when you went on your Stefan Mateau 
uh, rant, but after a day like today, which like who are you like who are you homing for, right? Like if I'm, it's like I'm completely waving my flag at this point because I don't understand. Like I don't understand pulling Riley Nash, who has done nothing but be agreeable to whatever fucking position they put him in this season and just bounced back and forth, played so many games as a first-line center, knowing damn well in himself that he is not a first-line center and trying so hard to keep up with two of our best players as their center. Not doing it successfully, but nonetheless trying and still and still trying to be a voice in the locker room to be motivating and to keep people positive about things. So we pull him out of the lineup. I'm also like, what's the deal with not just giving Greg Renko a chance at this point? Like he played, he's played in the NHL before. It's not like he's new. He's played the last couple of years in the KHL. Like, I don't understand why we're pulling people up from Cleveland and we're pulling people off the taxi squad when Yarmo has had, and I know we talked about it in the last episode about trusting what he says as, you know, Bible, as the Kardashians would say. Um, but why aren't we, why aren't we trusting on it anymore? I don't think that Gregor Ringo necessarily like was any different appearance wise than Stefan Mateo or Ryan McInnes. Like it just doesn't, again, this is, I really am starting to like fully understand poor asset management. And Jeremy's so proud right now. He like, I am. My face just lit up when you said that. Yeah, because it is right. Like, I mean, like, I don't know. Because at the same time, it's like, okay, if you are so dead set on the fact that Mikhail Gregorinko, what did that come out right? I don't know. I, I it sounded I, mostly right. I think you missed. I listed all of my yeah. alcohol that I consumed to Laura before the podcast, and so. This is why we're at where we're at. Don't worry, friends. I asked a lot of questions to make sure he was in a safe place before we decided to record. Um, oh, well, yeah. The safe place just happened to include tequila, vodka, and crown peach. So no one be shocked if on our next episode we talk about how Jeremy threw up for six hours. No, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm not going to drink anymore. If I had more to drink, maybe. But yeah, no, I'm good. Um, But... I will, I will be honest and say like, I'm the kind, like, I, I don't feel like drunk, but I'm like the kind of like a little bit tipsy where it's like, let me go make some pizza rolls. <laughs> like, that's where I'm at. But that's um, a nice kind of drunk. That's what I'm saying. So. Oh my God, we're worried. My, my ADD. Mikhail oh, Gregorenko. So if you are thinking about like Mikhail Gregorenko as somebody who is not going to be returning to this team who's not going to be a part of this lineup moving forward. Why would you not throw him on the ice and at least try to see if you can garner some interest from a team that might be looking for some forward depth going on a playoff run? Because 
even if we were to make, even if we were not sellers, which I think we should be, even if we weren't sellers, you look at the lineup and you think, okay, like this team is okay without Mikhail Grigorenko. So it's like, trade him if you can, but you're not going to trade him by being like, yeah, this guy is so good at warming the bench. Like he's so good at it. You should, you should have him. Please give me a fourth round pick, which is dramatic. Like nobody would ever, but like, like, please give me a seventh round pick, sixth round pick, conditional pick, whatever. Um, I'm still choosing violence when it comes to Marcus Hanekinen getting traded for a conditional seventh round pick to Arizona last year. Was that last oh, year? Or was that two years ago? About him two years ago. Um, I forgot about Hanekinen. Do you remember one time I almost won a jersey from him? I do. Is he still playing? I know. I'm looking him up right now. Oh, he's playing in the KHL. Oh, he did what Sudsy did. Yeah, he's playing. He's playing with Jokerit, um, which it I probably pronounce to our Finnish listeners. I know I probably said that wrong. Um, Yeah, good for him. I can't believe he only ever played one season with the Blue Jackets. Oh, actually, just kidding. He played, he, for some reason, played four games in 2015, 2016. And then again, played 44 games in 1819. Wow. And yeah, I did. I almost won that jersey. Um, Yeah, he was a free agent with the following season to be affected by the ongoing pandemic. Hannah Kynan opted to remain in his native Finland by returning to his original club. Makes sense. Yeah, I don't blame him. Fascinating. So, yeah, he is a 27-year-old currently playing in the KHL. I wonder how he's doing in the KHL. Should we find out? We should. I know um, Lucas Selak is doing pretty well. And we still own his rights, so he could still play for us. That is true. We do. Um, <laughs> dead air. Woo. I know. I'm trying to find. Okay, Marcus. Oh, Jeremy looks up Marcus Hanekinen. I know. Okay, here we go. So, sorry. Shout out to Elite Prospects for whatever information I'm about to pull out. Did I get his first name right, Marcus Hanekinen? Yeah. Okay. Um, so currently this year he is he played 21 games had 5 goals 3 assists so nothing to write home about but better than most current blue jackets nope They showed a stat today that David Savard is like third or fourth on the list of like active um, scoreless streaks. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, been a minute since April 2019. My God, has it ever? It's like definitely over 100 games, which it would normally be more than that in a normal situation, but obviously like with the pandemic. Yeah, Rona kind of saved him from that number. 
Now, Lucas Sedlak has played 58 games in the KHL, has 16 goals, 22 assists for 38 overall. That's not bad. No. Who knows? Maybe maybe the Jackets will try. (laughs) I don't know. We'll see. At this point, um, I think we should just start, I don't know, finding beer league people that want to see what it's like to play in the pros. What position does Lucas Sedlak play? Uh, Isn't he a defensive? No, he's a center, so bring that ass here, boy. <laughs> bring that ass here, boy. We need you. Um, so, obviously, the Jackets play again. We get to do this shit show again at 3 p.m. tomorrow. Um, if they everyone lose that knows, game. Everyone knows the Blue Jackets do best when they play not at 7 o'clock. Said no one ever. Correct. Um so if the Blue Jackets lose tomorrow, do not tune in because it will be such a sad podcast because this season will be over. Um, granted, we re- we we waved that white flag on like episode like what like twenty three, like twenty two, twenty three. Like it's been a minute since we like said this is over, but yeah. Nevertheless, like obviously, like we hold out hope because we're homers and we care. But um, I mean, what do you? <laughs> I mean, like, realistically, Laura, what what do you even want to see out of tomorrow? Like, what do you want to see out of that game? I I want to see a team that actually wants to play hockey. Like, and do it with some form of conviction. It just, it boggles my mind to go from a situation like we had on Thursday night where, yeah, we didn't win. We lost in overtime. But at least we went, like, at least we tried. Whereas tonight, we just lost. Like, we just handed Detroit this game and said, here's two points that you don't need. Like, congratulations. Like, we might as well have just sat on the bench the whole time. Because we just didn't, I mean, yes, for the very few bright moments there were, the rest of it was just guys that had no passion towards being on the ice and doing any sort of anything. Because like so many people have said, the team that looked like they were just outside of a playoff spot were the Detroit Red Wings tonight, not the Columbus Blue Jackets. And so, yeah, I mean, Elvis is going to, Elvis is going to get the start because Corpy is injured. We found out today. Um, And obviously unless Torts loses his goddamn mind over the course of the next 17 hours, not 17, that's too many. 14 hours. Cam Johnson is not starting tomorrow. So Elvis is going to be back in the net. Like we said earlier, Elvis is like the only blue jacket who gives a damn right now. So we'll see if they make him stand on his head for another 60 minutes like they did tonight. 
Probably. What do you want to see tomorrow? A fight. Ooh, a fight would be nice. Yeah, I want to see an actual fight because, like, I feel like obviously, like, fights are not the only way to symbolize, like, that you give a fuck. But, like, I like the way in which this team has just, like, shown no care about where they're at has just been, like, so disheartening to watch. And so, for me, like, seeing this team maybe possibly come out and, like, actually give a damn would be kind of wild. Um, so that's kind of what I'm pulling for here is like, if like, especially if things are going South, right. It's like, please go out on the ice and show me that you actually care. Like show me that you are pissed off about the situation that you're in because I don't think you are. And that is what it is. (laughs) Well, and also like who, who is this song and dance serving? If you're going to come out and play tomorrow again like you don't give a damn and then go into the post-game interviews and be all like oh well we just don't you know who is that serving because the fans know better so who are you placating to so like either go come out and play with conviction and I don't know try or stop playing this like weird game with everyone. Like it's not helping anyone. No, not at all. You're not gaining anything from it. And like, I mean, yes, it's going to be an issue because people will probably stop coming to games. And I know that from a business standpoint, they can't really afford that right now. They need people to be coming to the home games that we have left. But I mean, the tried and true aren't going to stop watching for the the next 21 games. Um, But it's, I think it's more fair to stop lying to everyone. Correct. Say that the whole, the whole team is under this mindset of like, we have to push because we want to go into the playoffs. Like, no, thanks right no i'm right there with you friend but hopefully we get our wishes i mean like we did pretty good on the last episode talking through like what we wanted to see and like it actually coming true so who knows maybe we're on to something again this time around um but surely enough you will find out tomorrow at 3 p.m when the blue jackets take on the detroit red wings um laura i'll throw it to you to to wrap her up with our plugs yeah, follow us on social media. We are at Subjectively Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you know, we say it every single episode, but Twitter does bring me so much joy, even on days like today where it fucking sucks to be a Blue Jackets fan. Um, Twitter followers and Twitter interaction, like, you know, misery loves company. So we had some great, uh, some great company today and some really great interactions. Uh, So please follow us there if you aren't already and then rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are listening to us on. Um, Again, it doesn't really do anything like it's not super important, but it is important as far as like us to know that you're listening um, and mildly some chart type things, but that's not what we're in this for, but it is nice to know 
you know, who's out there, who's listening. So if you can, um, like I said, rate, review, and subscribe, um, but particularly those star ratings on your Apple podcast app. Without a doubt. Well, until we talk to you all next time, which is literally going to be in like, like Laura said, like 14 to 17 hours. Um, we hope that you stay well and stay safe. And if you don't in that period of time, sorry, like, like something went south. Um, but you'll probably like not even listen to this episode because you're like, they play again in three hours. I'm over it. Um, but if you do listen, we appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in. Stay well, stay safe. And we will talk to you all again tomorrow. Bye. Bye.